Okay, yeah, that was a solid one. That was a solid one. I was pissed off because we ruined the first one. That was an awesome clap. So, it sounds like it's time to start. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Shop Talk podcast brought to you by 124Go. I'm your co-host, Chris Suleme. Of course, I'm here with my great friend, Mr. John Palmieri. And we have an amazingly special person actually here with us today. Wicked special guest. Wicked special. I'm going to brag on you for a second before you get to talk, so... Um, I can barely hear you because my ears are still ringing from the class. <laughs> <laughs> in the small office that we're podcasting in. I said it wasn't time to talk yet. So. But I, you can see that that's how this episode's probably going to go. So we're sitting here with a, a really special, first of all, an amazing hair cutter, but an amazing person. Um, somebody who's worked inside of this organization for far longer than both John and I. Since before the war. Since before the war. Um, and has really, like, through the years, just held a super high level of excellence. Um, you know, with yourself, with the people around you, with your clients. Um, and not most importantly, but very importantly, your skill set. And you, you know, uh, so we're here with Michael Hamlin. And Michael is uh, works in the Salon 124 group at the Sugarloaf location um, and has really, you've kind of grown up through this and seen it all. Um, and so we're just excited. We know you've got some philosophies on success and how you've, you know, kind of retained a high level for a long time um, and still looks like you could, you know, go for years more to come. Um, and so we're happy to have you. Um, with that being said, John, I know there's a lot we could cover mm-hmm. here with Michael, and so how do you think you want to start out uh, today? Well, one of the things I want to start off with is, you know, how we got here. Um, so when we talk about this industry and um, your your journey, Michael, how the heck did you get here? How did well, this happen? you know, some people say timing is everything, and timing has hit me three times in my life, and the first time where timing was everything is was how I got into hair. I was at a actually a rave in California. <laughs> and a girl came That out. happens all the time. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was like 21 I years old. I miss raves. Yeah. I was 21 years old. I was at a rave in California, and a girl just happened to walk up to me and asked if I was a hairstylist. And I wasn't. You know, I took my pacifier out of my mouth, and I said... <laughs> I was going to say, and I said, did I go, you have glow sticks or what? I, yeah, I said, I go, I'm not a hairstylist. What made you ask that? And she goes, well, I'm one, and usually I can pick them. And so I said, well, huh. And she was really cute, and we started dating for about six or seven months in California, and she worked for Sassoon right there in Santa Monica. And every day I would go pick her up from work or whatever like that, and I saw the other hairstylists, and I thought, they look pretty cool, and that looks like a pretty cool profession. And she kind of was the first one to nudge me and said, you should get into hair. So it's kind of weird. I'm going to rave and someone picks me out. Right. Too bad she didn't pick me out. You should be a plastic surgeon. Because you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, I can pick them yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. You know, that's yeah. actually what I wanted to do. It's kind of funny. Yeah. Um, really? Yeah, yeah. I actually what, wanted to be a plastic surgeon. Were you surgeon. in school for that or what was the deal? I was not in school for that. And I was, um, I didn't think I had the... I had the desire to be a plastic surgeon, but oh. I didn't think I had the skill set of doing the college and all the years that okay, I to become it. a doctor. Got so interesting. So when I got into hair, I thought I'll be the doctor of hair in a sense, you know, trying to change people in that sense. I can't mm. do it with a scalpel, but I can do it with a razor or scissors, you know. And um, so the second time where timing was everything is when I enrolled in hair school. So did you stay in California and enroll in hair school? No, I moved back to Atlanta. And because I couldn't be a professional raver all my life. And when I got back to Atlanta, 
I went to hair school, and that's where timing was hit me the second time. Lo and behold, I'm in class with Brian Purdue, who started our company, you know, mm-hmm. 28, 29 years ago. Mm-hmm. And there was something special about him. Even though he didn't own a salon yet, his wife was a hairstylist, and he would tell me, you know, coach me in it or start mentoring me at a young age of things I should do because his wife did it and was very successful. And so that's where timing was, you know, hit me the second time. And so Brian and I, when we graduated, he went to go work for Van Michael in Atlanta and uh, learned a lot from Van. And I worked for a guy, Justin, who was the artistic director of Sassoon. And both of us worked for about a year in separate salons and we met back up we decided to start a training program and because that's what we'd both come from. And of course, with only me, we had no school. Brian would send me and like one or two of us to different academies all over the, really the country and the world. Mm -hmm. And we would bring back the education and that's how we attracted other stylists because Mm -hmm. you couldn't really say Mm -hmm. where there's large, large salon organizations, but we would say is, trainer just got back from mm-hmm. you know Europe and we can't wait to teach you and we started like an apprenticeship program this was before the school or anything sure. so yeah it kind of grew from there mm-hmm. wow awesome. that's super interesting I, you know I'm sorry but what was the third timing because I want to know <laughs> well the third time I'll have to tell you it's coming so. <laughs> yeah. we'll save that for later yeah okay, we'll right, save that fine. one for later <laughs> Fair enough. Fair right. enough. You know, you don't get to hear everything. There's an upcoming episode. Yeah. It's going right. to come. It's called You'll... Michael's Third Time. That's right. That's yeah. right. That's right. <laughs> um, so that's amazing. I mean, it sounds like you picked up when you when you got into hair and you obviously now you're on the floor. Um, you're working with Justin for a year. Right. You knew that you wanted to do something a little more. You'd made a connection with Brian. But it sounds like you picked up um, hairdressing pretty quickly. Um, and one of the things I didn't mention on, in the beginning in our intro is that you're specifically a designer. You're a cutter. Um, so you'll cut all day long and uh, have a hair colorist that supports you a couple of days a week. And then uh, the other team members in the salon will, you know, take care of the hair color on your client. So you work in that way. Was that always the case? or No, okay. no. For the first four years in my career, I did everything. And I followed Brian's wife, the same thing she did. I got booked out about four months in advance and Brian came up to me and says, you have two options. You can either raise your prices like greatly or you can get a colorist and it's going to open up your book by 75%. It might freak you out in the beginning, but what's happening now is you're losing customers because you have a short haircut, new client that comes in, you try to walk her to the front, and she can't get in for three to four months. It right. was literally all my clients were pre-booking two and three appointments sure. out. Sure. And so I got, it wasn't they were waiting four months for a haircut, but they just had their next three or four lined up. Right. So I, I was booklogged, they call mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Couldn't get any more people in. And so when I did that, it gave me the opportunity to do, to sell color. Mm-hmm. And that's what I actually, I enjoy selling it. Right. Mm-hmm. I still do my wife's color, and I still do some color, mm-hmm, you know, yeah, and like mm-hmm. sisters and stuff like that. Mm-hmm, sure. But I actually enjoy selling it more than mm-hmm. yeah. doing it now. And mm-hmm. I've seen you in the salon do that when you've got a client in your chair, and whether they're new or whether they're someone that's been seeing you for a while, your ability to sell a color to somebody I just think is, is just great. You know, I, I watch yeah. you and listen to you do it, and it's like, it's just so natural. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's not even like you're selling it. It's just like, oh, by the way, you need this. 
Well, if you believe that it makes a difference, you're yeah. not actually selling it. You're helping yeah. them. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. If you're, yeah. you're not, you don't try to sell your friend um, headache medicine. I don't know what that was. You don't try to sell your friend headache medicine. You're trying to actually help them cure their headache. So right. I'm not really trying to sell my client color. I'm just trying to ask them, trying to make their hair the best of its ability, you know. Right. Um, that's That's... I mean, we. I think we all, the three of us here, all agree and, and sit mm-hmm. on that. And I've mm-hmm. said this multiple times. Somebody said to me recently, um, "You you act like you care about people so well, even though you don't know them." And I I, I like stopped and corrected the person. I said, "No, no, no. It's not an act. Right. I care about I people. Actually, care about them. Yeah. <laughs> even though I don't know them, because I know that they're human. They have the human condition, which is, sure. you know, I mean, life is life, right? Right. Um, and so I can care about you and not know you. I can I can love and think that you need some beautiful hair color and not right. necessarily want to be the person who stands there and does it. Um, totally off topic, by the way, we used to do that in our in our salon. We would have like a wingman, mm-hmm. and basically what it was was if I knew that AJ, who I used to work with, mm-hmm. uses a product in her hair or has the same hair type as my guest, sure. rather than me sharing about a product with her that I think she should use, I would say, AJ... I know that you love blah, 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 for for da, 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 da. And she would come over for a minute and they would talk, you know, they would have a bond because their hair was the same. They would have that conversation and then the person would take the offering or whatever it was. So I I believe that works really well too because it's, you don't have anything to really Mm -hmm. gain from it. Right. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, But uh, so now let's let's fast forward a bit. So, you know, I I mean, I think it's safe to say that... um, Throughout the years, you've you've continued to go through educate. I guess I want to know a couple of things, you know, right. because you're you're a really um, dedicated to. I'm going to call it precision cutting. I might be calling that something wrong, but um, how did you how did you kind of go down the rabbit hole of becoming the type of hair cutter that you came at? And was there some education that you kind of hold in high regard as to the person you? It's become probably the now? foundation where you started. You know, if you started on a foundational type of cutting which was Sassoon and you know like I said Justin was artistic director of Sassoon and so that kind of got me going in that direction I did a lot of Tony and Guy which kind of got you in a little bit of other little fun direction but I guess just that was what my beginning foundation was so Mm -hmm. you can't help you know yeah there's a perception that comes with being Sassoon trained right Mm -hmm. right that precision type hair cutting right Right, yeah. right. Interesting stuff. Yeah. So, um, so let's talk about what we came here to talk about. You know, right. I, I know that you get the chance sometimes to work with students and to work with other hairdressers. Right. And you've kind of developed this uh, a few ideas around success behind the chair. Right. Um, and uh, I won't take your words from you, but I'll just paraphrase. You know, there are some things that it's really important to be a successful stylist. Right. Um, and I know you've got some philosophies around that. So why don't you just share a little bit on that? Well, in the beginning, I thought, if you're just great at your craft, you will be successful. Mm-hmm. And from training so many people, I would see some people that were amazing at their craft mm-hmm. and not be successful. And then I'd be, I'd see some people that were just pretty good at their craft. Mm-hmm. And they'd be very successful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I started trying to say, what is this? It's not just being an amazing cutter, colorist, whatever. Mm-hmm. You have to have what I came up with as the four elements of a great stylist. Mm-hmm. And 
I broke them down in this order, and I try to, whenever I get a, a newbie in the business, and I try to say, this is what you really need to focus on. Right. And uh, the first element is what I call it, is your appearance. You know, every day when you come to work, you are on a job interview to see if you get the job of doing their hair. Mm-hmm. It blows my mind when a new person graduates from cosmetology school or they're changing salons. They look amazing walking in for that job interview because they want to get the job. Uh-huh. They want to look sharp. They want to look like a successful hairstylist. So every day when you come to work, if you have five new clients, you have five job interviews. Uh-huh. Yeah. So right uh-huh. off the bat. That so, is so Well, huge. someone told me right Say off the bat. Say that again. Well, if you have five, six new clients, you have five or six you know, job interviews. So, so one is appearance. What's the second one? Well, the second one is after appearance, it comes with your ability to speak or your communication, I call it. Okay. So the second one would be communication. So once they see you, you then have to communicate and talk. Mm-hmm. You know, that breaks the person. It defines the hairstyles of either you're going to be a designer or an order taker. I hate when I hear a bad communicator, someone sits in their chair and they say, what are we doing today? You're a complete order taker versus the stylist that sits him in the chair and goes, let's talk about your hair and talk about all the opportunities we have, how we can make it look the best it could possibly be. That's more of a designer. And then when I get to the third part or the third element of a great stylist is I call it the three P's. Some of us have way more personality than others and then some of us are way more personable. I use my colors right beside me. She is very personal, calls every client by name. She's unbelievable, very deep conversation with people. I have more personality, so I go that route. But both of us and everybody has to be professional. So everybody has to be professional, but some people have more personality and some people have more personable. Yeah, personable. So you got to figure out your direction. Yeah, And then then the last one is the ability. Uh You know, that's where you're, how great are you at your craft? Mm -hmm. So if you start out in the beginning and you're only, you know, a C plus at your craft, but you're an A in everything else, you're going to be very, very successful. Uh All right. Let's, you know what? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Right. I want to know more. So let's dig down on the first one. All right. Okay. The first one was appearance, right? right? Let's talk more about what you said because I thought you know Chris obviously mm-hmm. pointed it out. It's a great line. If you've got five clients today, you've got five job interviews, yep. right? Let's dig down on that. A well, little we bit should, more. I always say you need to be selling. You got to wear what you're selling, mm-hmm. and I tell hairstylists you're selling two things: you're selling fashion, right, and you're selling healthy, shiny, beautiful hair. So. When they look at you, if you look on-trend, very fashionable, well-put-together, you're probably going to do on-trend, well-put-together hair. Right. That's what goes through their mind, because right. 55% of your believability is your appearance. Mm-hmm. The second And this one, has nothing to do, by the way, about how you look as a human being. We right. all look different. This, right. is about, this is about suiting up and showing up and yeah. putting your, be- your, bu- your best foot forward. Well-put-together. Right? I mean, they've obviously yeah. come to the salon mm-hmm. for, you know... But, Michael, you know, I hear this all the time... What difference does it make what I wear or how I dress? As long as I'm a good hairdresser, the rest shouldn't make any difference. Well, uh, people do say that, and yeah. I tell them, I, <laughs> and I say, right? imagine how successful you'd be. It's The people who say that are the same people who say, when you try to get them to quit smoking, and they say, well, I have an aunt that's 100 years old. <laughs> that right. She's been smoking. I'm like, right. she probably lived to 120. Yeah, if she didn't but smoke, right. If she didn't smoke. Right. So if the hairstylist is that great, if they were also a little bit more well put together, right. 
you know, a little more on purpose. A little more on purpose, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. you're gonna. It also, I think, it puts you in a different mindset when you come together. Mm-hmm. You know, well put together. Yeah. Talk about that for a second, because I agree. Well, yeah, and then also I say, wear what you're selling. If you're selling, how are you supposed to sell somebody color if you don't have color? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I used to tell people, if you're a personal trainer, yeah. how are you supposed to tell people you need to eat right and work out if you don't look like you eat right and work out? Right. So there's well, lots of little, yeah, yeah well, correlations. Funny. We were having a conversation with someone the other day because we just started the hand-tied extension piece. Right. And she was having some challenges, you know, selling it. Um, the challenge is that she's got shoulder-length hair. Yeah. And no extensions. Yeah, And right. it's like, well, you know, you're not wearing them. You're not the example. Why would I think they were important, right? My favorite is when I hear, ask a hairstylist, hey, how come you don't have color or highlights or something? They'll, yeah. The worst answer they can give me is, Oh, I don't have time to keep up with it, the maintenance and stuff like that. So, or I don't oh like my the way God, it feels how... in my hair. How come you don't have hair? You you don't wear use use hair products. Yeah. Oh, I don't like the way they feel in my hair. Oh, well, great! Then you're not going to be able to sell <laughs> it. Great, right? Right? Yeah, yeah. You're not going to be able to sell it. Um, years ago, I, you know, the first time I ever started to hear this sort of stuff because I was the person who was guilty of just wanting to do hair, yeah. you know, and just right. Um, but Win Claybaugh was the first person from Paul Mitchell that I ever heard that would talk about, he had a line and he would say, you know, on an interview, the person would say, I don't want to wear makeup. And he would go, be a nurse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, right. you know, and it's, yeah. and you know, this, I mean, we could take this all kinds of places. It could sound derogatory, but the reality is, is, you know, it, what you're talking about is, you know, again, suiting up, showing up, putting your best foot forward every day and saying, look, I'm here on purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, I chose this, right. job, you know, I chose this craft and I want to, you know, show that I'm committed to what I'm about to right. sell you in yeah. a way. You know, that's awesome. So, so that's the first appearance, professionalism. Sorry, I just spit on you. I know. What? <laughs> well, you know, communication is the second one. Is when you are when you're speaking to a customer, you've got to think of you know how well are you coming across to them. Your sales. Right. That's when your sales come in. You know, mm-hmm. when you're trying to recommend things, and I and usually I try to. When I'm recommending color, mm-hmm. I, I make sure I, I listen and mm-hmm. understand because sometimes people just go straight for the, let's do it the, most people are trying to do what the last person did a lot of times. I'm trying to enhance, even if it looks amazing, right. I like to make it look even more amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I try to dissect it and make it look you know, the best of its ability. Yeah. I find it funny, you know, you said something um, that always piques my interest, which is, you know, the Usually we're trying to do what the last person did. Oh, yeah. Here's yeah. the thing: they left that person. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you know, yep, right. you're trying to duplicate what the last <clears throat> colorist or hair cutter did. They left them. Yeah. Why right. would you duplicate it? Yeah. You know, they they're obviously looking for something yeah. else, right? Another thing that you do amazingly, though, I know we've talked a little bit about hair color here, but talk a little bit about haircut dissection and you know some of the things that you look for you've got some real obvious things that when i'm listening to you talk with some of the new hires Mm -hmm. you'll kind of share some things about you know some obvious things that maybe we all learned but forget about how to enhance a face shape and you know you'll you'll quiz people on well i tell people you know sometimes i can't just look at someone's face and say this is your face shape but Mm -hmm. through the process of elimination if there's nine face shapes, I can knock seven out real fast. Right. And they're typically those last two I can't decide between. Because mm-hmm. you're not exactly square or exactly round. Sometimes you're in between two. But okay. if I can knock you know, well, like seven said, of them out quick. If you can knock seven out, it only brings you down to two choices. Right. And then I've noticed another thing about people is I've also come up with a thing where there's four personality traits. Mm-hmm. 
and that's the thing where there's the eccentric client and they don't want little subtle caramel highlights. They're the, these are the people that are, everything is times 10. You know, when they put on jewelry, they put on their whole jewelry box. When they put on perfume, they put on six pumps. They're the, usually the people that come in the salon and they're a look at me person. They want look at me color a lot of times. Yeah. So those eccentric people, you kind of got to make sure you wow them. You know, they like to color outside the lines. Yeah, and sure. then you have the classic people, which is they want to be very fashionable but they also want to color inside the lines. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those are your Jennifer Aniston people. They sure. give little, yeah. um, Classically s- pretty, mm-hmm. but yeah, she stays in the box. They have the widest range of people that like them. Mm-hmm. You know, they're going to have a, from 18 to 50, yeah. they're classic, you know, it never goes out of style, very yeah. on trend. Right. Eccentric people are going to be the Lady Gaga's or the, you yeah. know, very funky, yeah. they want that mm-hmm. edgy looking color. Yeah. Then you're going to have your, the bohemian type style people. They want the, all the organic products. They want to, they're the, they shop at Whole Foods, they drive a Subaru, they have a rescue dog, and yep. they want very organic type color. Yeah. And then you got the conservative person that always wants that on, tr- I mean, on Same point thing. every single Same time. Thing. On trend. Don't try to talk about anything new. Keep them very, you know. Yeah. Same They thing. like what works. They want maintenance. They want what works every yeah. single time. They don't yeah. want any kind of, you have to, you know, do this or do that. Yeah. So you got to make sure when you're talking to the customer before you show them a picture, you don't want to show them the wrong, complete trend. You know, I tell people if I pulled up to a mall and I got out and I was valet parking and I said, hey, what stores are here? Hopefully they would look at me and say, oh, you'd like this, this, and this. We used to do this with magazines back in the day before mm-hmm. everybody has their cell phones in the yeah. salon. Right. Yeah. We don't even need magazines anymore. Everybody no, just has their phone. Sure. Yeah. But you remember back in the day when a client would come in, you'd put their color on, and when you went to go choose a magazine for them, mm-hmm. you were actually trying to choose kind of what style of magazine they'd like. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. You know. Are they a town and country Absolutely. girl? Are they a people right, magazine right. person? So, yeah. And you asked some great questions. Since we're on the topic of communication and like reading a part, so I want I want to clarify what I think I'm hearing. You're talking about a person's nonverbal communication. They walk in, they tell you more about them in the just by walking through the door. Mm-hmm. Sometimes than you can gather through right. questions, right? Just by yeah. what they're wearing. Mm-hmm. So this is the nonverbal piece. But you ask some really great questions to people, and when you when you're deciphering them, um, and I, I'm going to lead you a little bit because I don't okay, want to yeah. I don't want to set you up. But I've heard you say like, do you want to um, make a statement when you walk into the room, or do you want to be quiet? I'm paraphrasing. Well, but- I actually try to break it down into the two quick. You got to get to the point on a consultation. Right. Some styles will talk about life for 30 minutes and then they have no time to do the hair and so you've got to get to the point like when if i'm asking somebody think of a number between one and a hundred i'm hoping you're going to guess 50 first because you just knocked out half the numbers with one guess yeah so if a lady sits in my chair and she has brown hair just like a level five brown and medium brown hair and she's never had highlights before and she says well what color highlights i don't even know what i would do i said well i'm going to keep it simple for you there's just two main options there's the Auburn family and the Caramel family. She says, I don't, I'm not a fan of red. I'm like, get rid of all those. Mm-hmm. Now that we talk Caramel, we're going to break that down and say, we're probably going to throw heavy out the window, and we're just talking subtle or medium, and then, you know, how light or too dark. So it's very simple to get to the point. Right. A lady sits in her chair, and she's thinking about going red for the first time. Yeah. The biggest wrong that I hear is when a stylist goes, now, do you want a warm red or a cool red? That's probably the number one thing they tell me. Yeah. That's going to confuse the client more. I probably would just ask, 
would you like it to look natural? And when she says yes, and I know that from looking at her, she's never done color or anything. And when she says yes, it gets rid of all the cool reds and it gets all the vibrant and intense reds out of the way. Yeah. All right. So I say, I don't want to look natural. I know it's the exact opposite. Now I can you go got cool. a funky I client in your chair. Right. Yeah. I usually tell them we have a couple of options. We have yeah. the Auburn, I mean, we have the, sorry, natural family, or we're going to have a more of a fashion red. Yeah. Fashion red is you walk into the party and everybody immediately knows, right. yeah, it's hair color, love your colors. Right. Yeah. I, I, lo- I love that you do that, by the way. Yeah. It's so, yeah. it's so opposite my natural personality style because I'm like one of those who's in the clouds. <laughs> yeah. And when you first shared that, like 100 or 50, right. it sounds funny, but I was like sitting there going, oh shit, I never thought of that. Yeah, <laughs> right, 50's yeah, right. in the middle. Right. I'm like well, running around trying to chair. guess the number. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you get a girl that has waist length hair that sits in your chair and she says, I want to make a big change today. You know what the 50 is on the number? I say, would you still like a ponytail? When she says, well, yes. All the things above the shoulders. Bob is on the list. Where I see stylists grab a book, and they start showing them all these haircuts, and then 10 minutes later they go, but I want to be able to pull it back. And they're like, oh, I just wasted 10 minutes. So you got to be able to get to that, knock it in half real quickly. Yeah. So... Well, it's funny how that shows up. I mean, we use that with front desk skills, and this is in my mind because we have that front yeah. desk training yeah. on, on Sunday. You know, at front desk, well, when do you want to come in for your next appointment? You know? Yeah. And it's like, uh, I don't know, right? Because, you know, I break it down real simple. You want to come before lunch or after lunch? Yeah. Oh, after you, lunch. Great. Usually I just say, what time works best for you? And yeah. then when they tell me, I try to get as close as I can to that. Yeah. So that was one and two. What's three? Three is the three Ps, yeah. and that's how you can easily remember it. It's... Every hairstylist needs to be professional. Some hairstylists are going to be, have more personality, and some are going to be more personable. Yeah. And, you know, now use technology, mm-hmm. you know, for you when it comes to being personal. Write little notes, you know, if they know they're going to go to their brother's wedding and, you know. Right. Sarasota, when they come back, say, how was your brother's wedding? That will blow their mind. When I, whenever I go to a restaurant and the waiter knows my name, mm-hmm. whew, you know he's getting a bigger tip because I'm very impressed that he's right. learned my name. Mm-hmm. So if you really want to build a relationship with your client, make little notes in their uh, in the computer so it's right there on your ticket. I mean, we can do that. So yeah, because yeah. not everybody's going to have yeah. the big personality. Yeah. But you got to not be a Debbie Downer when they come to you. You got to be kind of fun. They want that hour or two hours they spend with you to be. They want to be excited to come see you. I used to say. Whenever I would be at the front sometimes, mm-hmm. I would actually see a client walk in and say, yeah, I have a 3 o'clock. Um, oh, God, I can't remember her name. Uh, right. And I go, mm-hmm. man. And I look in there, and they've seen her four times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and I yep. said, what? You have not built that yeah. relationship right. yet. And you didn't make it important enough yet. And, I, I you know, you, you've said it three times on here. I just want to harp on it for a second. Because when yep. you talk about personable and personality. Right. Uh, what I love about that is mm-hmm. with, you know, people, me and John always talk about the fact that we're closet millennials. No, we are millennials, we are millennials right? We're just yeah. old, older millennials. Yeah. Uh, I think you probably are too, Michael. And um, if John is, I am. Yeah, definitely. Y'all can't see his gray beard. You well, know, and so. I, I don't know what sure what that means. I say but, that yeah. because in that grouping of people, you know, we've noticed coming into this industry that there's a lot of people that, that are more reserved in personality right. than probably in the 80s and 90s, right? Yeah. In the 80s and 90s, we came from raves, we came from nightclubs, you know, and, and now it's there's a, there's a subdued, reserved, introverted type of personality that's entering the beauty industry and, yeah. and doing a fantastic job. And the message that we, we're trying to get out there is, 
you can be any personality type as right. long as you know your strength. Mm -hmm. And then inside of that strength, use that inside, use that to your advantage. Right. So because if you're personable, you'll develop a personable right. clientele. And they're yeah. out there, right? There's tons yeah. of them. If you if you know you're going on I have to go on personality, right? right? Yeah. So if if you know you gotta go on personality, then hey, you gotta make that your shtick. But own it and make sure that you can do it in a way that brings the guest in yeah. and makes the experience greater for them. I think the challenge is with with our new hires and, and our new students coming out of school, you know, not having that big personality, that's okay. Yeah. Right. And so I think the biggest fear is not having either one. And I think that's, and that's what I tell them. I said if you yeah. have if you're just professional, yeah. but you have neither one. Right. They, it's it's really hard, you know. It's yeah. it sounds stupid, but when we all used to watch American Idol when it used to first come on, yeah. and they got to the top ten, and they all performed. Yeah, right. My clients would come in and go, "Ooh, I like Blake. Did you see Blake? They've already learned his name." Right. And then the other ones will say, "I like the brown-haired girl. I don't know what her name is." Right. And she hasn't, you know. Not only do they have to be good singers, but they have to kind of make a little bit of a right. yeah, connection with the audience. Yeah. yeah. So you have to make a connection with your stuff with your client. Right. Yeah. In some way, I love it when I hope my clients are out sometime. Yeah. Saying, "Yeah, I got to go see Michael tomorrow at six. Yeah. Right. Not saying I got to go get my hair cut right at six by that tomorrow. guy. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Or that's, just, that's awesome. You know, it's little... and, and that's a really important part that I want to emphasize because you know, um, obviously, we have newer stylists listening to this. Mm -hmm. It's okay not to have the big personality. It's it really, okay. really that's right. is. It is. My colors has been number one in the company like three years, and she is the quietest little thing. But it's unbelievable the connection she makes with the customers. Right. So, yeah. And, and to your point, when you don't have both, right? When you don't right. have the personality and you're not personable, that's where the challenge comes in of right. building those relationships with that's guests. Right. And personable to me, I'm going to quote you. Yeah. Um, you said something with the at the desk training this weekend that was I'll take with me to the grave. Being personal and professional at the same time is about being interested, not interesting, right? And Let's talk a little bit about that for a second. Well, you know, if the whole entire time you're being really interesting, right? And when we talk about interesting, we can be talking about things like, hey, your you know, Michael uses the eccentric, and I'll talk about them a little bit, right? They got the hair. Their makeup's all done. They have the entire jewelry box on, six pumps of hairspray. You know, if you are that person, that's great. But if that's all you are, right, yeah. if that's, that's your right. stick and that's nothing right. else, yeah, you're real interesting, I'll remember you because you're real interesting, but if you're not interested in me, what my needs are, why I'm here, you know, that's where, in my mind, professionalism goes out the window. Because we, we always struggle, like if you ask somebody, define professionalism for me, most people have a hard time with that. Right. You know, it's like... Well, the biggest thing you can do is not chewing gum is the first strike against you of yeah. not being professional. Because, But why is that? It's because... What's happening with your mouth right now it is distracting. Is distracting yeah. Meaning, it's You're interesting, interesting, right? <laughs> you know, when I used to go to hair shows, and I'm sure anybody who's gone to hair shows will yeah. see this. Yeah. You look around, and 80 percent of the people out there. Mm -hmm. You know, there's the few and the many. Yeah, I think yeah. You've talked about yeah, that in your book. Yeah. yeah. 80 percent of the people out there have bad hair, mm -hmm. terrible grammar. You know. And are trying to make it in the hair business. And I remember telling Brian when I first got into the business, I said, Brian, everybody looked horrible at the show. And this is in New York or right. London or whatever. And he goes, 
you know, a bright light does not shine in bright sunshine. And he said, that just makes your job that much easier. Because he ah. runs into that with owners a lot of times. You have to steal that one. That's a good one. Yeah, like yeah and, one. It's, and it's, yeah. it makes it that much easier for all you guys out there. So if, mm-hmm. if you work in a salon where nobody's professional and you are, yeah. you're going to stand out. Right. But the, the way you can tell... Who has built By the, the way, is the third, which is the third P, right? Right, yeah. professional. Yeah. yeah, when it comes to building a relationship, which mm-hmm. is the uh, being personable, yeah. every year at Christmas, there's like a scorecard that comes out. Mm-hmm. You know, I work in a salon where there's about 20 hairstylists, and the girl or the guy that has all the Christmas gifts brought to him yeah. has built a relationship. And it, you will see some stylists that... I guess their customers are all out and go, I've got to get so-and-so something mm-hmm, for Christmas and right, bring it in. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. amazing, and that's almost a scorecard of what kind of relationship you've built. Is if you work in a salon and there's always that one girl guy that seems every client is bringing him a gift yeah. Yeah. for Christmas. Yeah, that was my brother. That's my brother's wife, Kelly, if she listens to this. She, <laughs> she gets gifts like nobody's business. They're doing something yeah, that's right. that has made their yeah. customers yeah. Think, of, think them. of them think of when them. they're out yeah. shopping. Yeah. 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 And they're not just... The three o'clock at salon, you know, whatever. Yeah. And then their last one is your craft, and you're never going to... Your ability. Your ability, yeah. Your ability for your craft. You're never going to get to a perfect score because fashion always is changing. So for all you girls that were amazing at foils or guys, you know, balayage came out, and now you have to relearn it again. There'll be a new trend that comes out, and you have to go learn that. And so that's why when it comes to ability, you just... You always have to strive for being to getting to the next thing that's great. Love it. Love it. Um, well, I feel like we covered a lot we do. great yeah. ground on this podcast. This was like hard-hitting, bomb-dropping. Um, yeah. As we wind this up, Michael, you got any last thoughts you want to share? Um, maybe a new person getting into the industry or somebody struggling behind the chair? Or just Well, the um, what I would do if I was brand new in a salon right now, Instead of sitting in the back room, I would find out which stylist was the busiest one in the salon. And I would mm-hmm. literally stand behind them. And if whatever they needed, I would help them. Because you are, by sitting in the back, you're really not learning anything. You know, when I got in the business, I worked as an assistant for free because I wanted to learn from a guy. Mm-hmm. And after one week, he couldn't believe I was coming in for free. He said, bring in a model every Monday. And I would bring in a model. And other people told me I was stupid for doing that. Mm-hmm. But... I learned so much, because how else are you going to learn? Right. You're not going to learn anything in the back, and you went to school, so right. go out there and help the busiest stylists and figure out what they did become busy. That's fantastic. John? Love it. Um, I'm just really excited we had this conversation. Um, the sad part is, is I think we could spend another two hours talking to Michael. Easily. Right? Um, and so we're going to have to, we're going to have to have Michael part two. Yeah. Um, but meanwhile, Michael, thanks for being here. You're welcome. Really appreciate it. Was it was fun. Um, for those of you who knows was what knows 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 knows, knows? use guys use guys where am I from? <laughs> um, for those of you who know us, you know what comes next. What comes next? I need you to write a wicked, wicked. good review. How wicked many good. stars That's is that? Five for those of you who, who I don't know how you forgot, but for those of you who don't remember, five, five stars. stars. Yes, five stars. All right, like do it now. And uh, I want to say thank you again, Michael, as well, and thanks to the listeners uh, for being here. Uh, We just love the fact that you get to learn from this and have some fun with us as well. Uh, If you like what you heard today, please press the subscribe button, and uh, as John shared, please leave us a wicked good review. Those reviews really help uh, us gain some momentum in the podcast and find new people who might want to play along with us. Um, If Also, if you enjoyed this, please screenshot it. 
and share it in your Instagram stories and tag us. That's 124.go on Instagram. Yes. And we will share you. And uh, any questions or thoughts, please message us as well. Uh, so, again, thank you, everybody, for listening. We can't wait to uh, maybe meet you somewhere. And uh, or we will see you on the next episode. Right. Thanks, everybody. Right. Bye. Talk about the weather to know any better. I just want to.